welcome to the Film Look Podcast, where we're trying to cheer up one shot at a time. I'm one half the Film Look, Robert Carr, also joined by the other half of the Film Look, Richard Scott. How are we doing? And we're actually joined by the third official, unofficial member, Christian Foreman. Hello! It's been a while since we did one of these, um, but we're all together in the same room, so we thought, why not? And we watched, um, if you can't tell, The Shining. That's what we're going to be talking about in this week's podcast. Um, but have a fact. Um, at the beginning of this podcast, we always do a fact. Christian, you know what? You go first with your fact. Well, I think I've told this fact before, but not on the podcast, but I think it's really good, so I'm going to tell it. Okay. So if you want to be... This is a James Bond fact. We all like James Bond here. Yep. Apparently, in, in real life, if you want to be a James Bond... Um, have James Bond's job, undercover secret agent, mm-hmm. licensed to kill, um, there's a height restriction. All oh, right. Okay. So you need to be uh, under or around 5'11". Oh, you know why awesome. that is? I'm 5'11". It's because it's like you need to blend into the general public and that's like the average height. Oh, right. So okay. if you're over that, then, you know, if you're on stakeouts and stuff, you'll be easy to spot or if you spot, you know, following people yeah. around uh, the streets like of Moscow. Like in a Mos- crowd, you, you Moscow. talk right out, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, I can, can, you can spot you because there's a, yeah, a silhouette on the yeah. sun. See, if, if, you're, if you're watching someone, they'll be like, well, I can know who it is because <laughs> he's a tower. Know, yeah. <laughs> you need to be like average looking. Average Joe. A- average Joe. Oh, right, and okay. apparently if you're over, you know, 5'11", you're not average Joe. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't be too good looking, which rules me out as well. Mm, yep, that's um, true. <laughs> so that would mean, though, if following this rule, there's only one actor that could have actually been James Bond in real life. Rob, can you guess that actor? You've got 10 seconds. I mean, Daniel Craig's not a tall man. There you go. You got it in one. That's it. Yeah, the rest of them. So Daniel Craig is, I think, is 5'11", or around about that. The rest of them are over six foot. Oh, really? Yeah. Sean yeah. Connery, Timothy Dalton, yeah, Pierce Brosnan. If you think about them, all lanky gets. They are. <laughs> so. They are lanky. Right. Um, my fact is a little bit of a strange one. So um, it's it's a mixture of films here. So in first class, uh, marks you know first class the X Men film. Um, it's one of the X Men films. Oh, one of that. There's been a few recently, yeah. but yeah, the first uh, the first like prequely one. James yeah, Mac- yeah, it was, it was one. quite good. Though, this one. Um, well, this is the second time that January January Jones, who's um, in the film from Mad yeah. Men, from Mad Men, has has been cast in a film in 1962 opposite an actor with a pork based name. So John Ham, John Ham in um, Mad Men it must be Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon <laughs> in X Men, pork so, based surname. Yeah. So uh, that's that's my fact. You know what? You've both come up with really good facts. No, you have to Can we say one. it's a tie? Nah. Ah, well, I've al- I've already heard the James Bond fact. I really like the James Bond fact, but when you said pork based surname, that's amazing. I'm gonna have to go with Rob. Fair Thank enough. Fair enough. I don't know what the scores are, so if someone can <laughs> let us know, that would be great. Um, so what we're doing actually on this week's podcast? We're gonna slim it down. We don't have any news and views this week. We don't have any trivia. We're just gonna go straight into the shining. So we got The Shining. It was made by a guy called Stanley Kubrick. 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 How do you pronounce his name? Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. Oh, God. When you're playing pool, you know, the Q. Q. And then, like, when when you're building a house, the brick, yeah. (laughs) Stanley Kubrick. Okay, I got it. It was released in 1980. So why did we pick this film? Did we? Are we Um, all not seen it? Yeah, the reason I really want to watch it is because I've seen so much about it. Um you know pop culture all the different references and gifs and memes and everything and never yeah. seen it and just thought well haven't we've only done one stanley kubrick film why not do the show my favorite pop culture reference to this is when the simpsons did a knock off a knock off 
um, of it during the Halloween episode. Oh, the, yeah. the Tree House of Horror. Yeah, yeah. those ones. Uh, but so, uh, shall I give it a go, a run through the plot? Yeah, yep. let's go for it. So, a family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where an evil spiritual presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. That's the plot in a, nu- in a nutshell there. That's pretty much it. Um, so, yeah, you've never seen it before? Nope. I've seen it before, uh, and I had a totally different experience this time watching it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to say I really enjoyed this film. Mm-hmm. Did you like like it, Rob? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get into it. All right. Well, well, which version did you watch, though? I watched the original 1980 version. Oh, because there's, there's two versions, and there's a US version, version and an exported version. The US version is 30 minutes longer. Okay, I watched. Mine was two and a half hours long. That's the one you watched. We didn't watch that one. Which one did you watch? There's I this, didn't even know there was. Another yeah, version. there's there's an exported version which was on the the Blu-ray, and it was only two hours long. And oh, I, I've, I got, I, I've got. I wonder what was missed out. Then I've got the list of everything that was missed out, which we'll, we'll get into it's later Stanley on. Stanley Kubrick, so probably most of it's missed out if it's only two hours I mean, long. The the opening scene was only nine minutes an hour version, so I'm assuming it was Christian's version. That was the extra 30 minutes, that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've got the list of everything that's kind of uh, missed out, which we'll talk about later on. Uh, All right. So you really like this movie. Yeah. Tell us why you liked it in a brief summary. In a brief summary. Well, I think Jack Nich- Nicholson's performance alone makes this uh, a masterpiece. I'm going to say the word masterpiece. I know it's banded about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of reviews on the internet say that this is this is one of the best films. Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of people that go into like so much detail about this. And people get obsessed it. with yeah, this. Film. It's an obsessive film, definitely. Yeah, but I think everything about it. Obviously, Stanley Kubrick is renowned for or well known for putting a lot of thought into every single aspect, every single detail of the film. Which, as a film fan and a film nerd, I appreciate that. Yeah. I like I like those films where you it's can those tell those hidden flavors. Yeah, those those things. Those where, taste notes. <laughs> where he's. I just like, yeah, it's a film where you can rewatch. It's a film where you can just look at a single scene and you can view it like five different ways. He makes the dark chocolate of cinema. <laughs> yeah. It's bitter. It's too strong. <laughs> but, you know, you go some back. people like it. It's intense, right? <laughs> I mean, but everything, the angles, the framing, the colour, the cinematography, the acting, um, I think it... it, it, it it wasn't a. Ho- I know it's branded as a horror film. It, I don't think it was a. Well, it was horror, but it wasn't scary. We've seen a lot more yeah. scary films in the past forty years, or however long it's been. Um, but it left me with a sense of eeriness and emptiness and coldness that um, not a lot of horror films do. Yeah. Um, so that's why I enjoyed watching it. I mean, I, I mean, I, I like the, that side of it, like the the investigation side and looking at the frames and what things mean, and you know, we'll getting a little bit more this later on. I think I like that side of it more, and I think I would probably now I've I've read into it, I would probably go back and watch it. Definitely the longer version, but just because as a cinematographer. Did you not find it beautiful? Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, some of the, the ways he used the camera is like throughout the real book, yeah, essentially. And I mean, just... a lot of the, the tracking shots and everything that just um, in the hotel and the, just the way it flows and the use, the, used the space very well. Um, and just the way he tricked people with, within this and made it like a maze, yeah. which is just, just doesn't make any sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I did appreciate that side of it. And like it says, it's. It's not necessarily scary, but I think some of the scare factor did get uh, kind of washed away a little bit from all of the stuff I've seen for this. Because you're like, all right, this is when he's the the door and just over the the blood and things like that. What do you mean you've seen it before? Yeah, we've we've seen you you 
you know, it's been referenced in so many things, this film, because people do love it. So I think some of that magic was uh, kind of taken away. If, I, if I'd seen it in 1980, um, it would have probably been terrible. I don't think it went way. down well, actually. I don't think it, well, I think it's aged better than it, um, the, the reception it got at the time wasn't, I think it was, was yeah. fine. Because pe- think... people were like, what did I just watch? They, yeah. they didn't understand it. But a lot, of, a lot of people on the documentary, which I will mention later on as well, uh, you know, really weirded to watch it and analyse it when it came out on DVD which is you know 30 years later just about because VHS you, they could only rent them and they could only watch them but so as, as a filmmaker you don't think that's the goal to have people 30 years later still talking about your film and dissecting it and watching it again I mean, and trying to figure out if it's good or bad or what it means I mean, with that's Kub- like that's got to be your, your, what you want to aim for yeah with, I mean with Kubrick I think um, you know a lot of these films are like that as well he, he, he has achieved you know from all the stuff we see about 2001 A Space Odyssey if you haven't, if you don't know about that, go listen to the episode because me and Richard not. I love big... it. One of my favorite films of all time. <laughs> um, it, it, I, I think it is quite amazing that we are speaking about, especially in depth in the way people go into this film. You know, 30, 40, 50 years later. Yeah, know, well, so. about thirty years. Thirty years. Yeah. So, uh, Richard, what did you think about it? Um, I was a bit disappointed with it. What aspects? Not, not to say that I didn't like the film. But I think, like you said, Rob, the film is already massively exposed in mainstream media because it's referenced, it's memed, essentially, isn't it? Yeah. And so I knew a lot of what was going on. Um, I was disappointed because a lot of people said that it was like this really scary psychological film and I, was no, I wasn't scared. Um, I thought that the actual story itself was really like lacklustre and... The only reason I enjoyed it was because of everything else. So, like, Jack Nicholson's performance was probably the thing that I liked the most. Then the sort of, the way that they used the architecture and the different rooms and stuff and the way they made it claustrophobic, I thought it had a really good atmosphere to it. But I think the story itself um, should have been better. I've read a couple of Stephen King books and he goes into a lot of detail that this film didn't have. Have you read uh, The Shining, the book? No. It's, it's meant to be extremely different. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a good fact. I've got an early fact about that. Obviously, he, he took this and just went, I'm going to do whatever I want with it. And, you yeah. know, obviously, it's, it's known that Stephen King didn't like this film. Yeah. In, in the original, uh, in the book, the car that he drives is red. So it's a red beetle, but in the film it's um, it's obviously yellow. Um, but you know when um, the caretaker, the other the guy who's travelling back to the hotel, I can't yeah, remember his the, name. Yeah, the, the chef, the head the chef. The chef, yeah. He passes a um, um, a truck which is like jackknifed. This in America, upside down, and it's yeah. cushioned a red beetle. Right. So <laughs> it's basically a middle finger to Stephen King to go. I'd, I'd, I'm going to I'm going to kill comp- your characters yeah, and I'm, kill your law. Yeah, whatever you've written, it's going to be different. I know a few yeah, of the facts. Pretty- so in the in the book, it was meant to be the 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 hotel itself was influencing negatively influencing the people in it, mm-hmm. um, and it was a case of like if if Jack Nicholson was going to turn and kill his family. But in the film, it's a, it's a more of a when. We we know yeah, from the when, offset yeah. that this yeah. guy is I mean, mentally it's, unsound. It's very clearly foreshadowed yeah, during very, the interview process as, right at the start. As soon as he's introduced as a character, we know that he's a, a bit of a dickhead and that he's, he's, yeah. he's mentally Which, unsound. And that he's, you know, even the tone, the music, the the, the silences, you're like, all right, this guy is going to do something bad. Yeah. So we're just waiting as an audience for when that's going to happen as opposed to, 
if it's going to happen. Yeah. Did you did you empathise with the character when exactly what I was just about to say. when when he's typing and his fucking stupid sorry is a <laughs> stupid wife comes in. Oh, do you want some biscuits, love? And it's like, will you just let us just give us some peace, man? Look, I got, this, I got this lovely big hall. I'm typing on me typewriter. Can you not see I'm busy? Will you just go away, please? That's I was interesting. Like, you empathised with on you, mate. You empathised no, with until, until he started like you know, deciding to murder him. No, no, see, I don't think he was ever a nice man, so I couldn't empathise with him at all because he was always a horrible man, especially yeah. to them. Like, that's the one thing I think was missing from this was you didn't see them as a, an, a family. He yeah, like this them. is another strange thing because at no point before watching this movie did I think that they were a family. Mm-hmm. Well, you never see them as a family together. You never see them eating a meal. You never see them sitting down having fun. Yeah. You, there's no, there's never a point where you're like, this is a happy family that gets then ruined by the hotel. Like it's not like a yeah. fall yeah. from grace. It's, right. It is a case of... So that's something maybe it, it, it they should have kept of, from the book then. It is a case of like, this is a disjointed family. There's not, they, they clearly haven't got an emotional connection here and it's probably because of the Jack character. Mm-hmm. You can see when they're driving there that he's not really... There's a disconnect there. Yeah, he's definitely just doing it for him, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I just, I just think, even just a scene, just just needed something to to grasp onto him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, he was just a. He, I mean, the the performance, like you said, is amazing, and I think he goes to places where not too many actors will be. And I, I don't think he he won anything for this either. But he, he, it it's yeah. I just I would have liked to have seen him a little bit more human and just yeah. And because the, the change is great. It's that that's what we that's what. But we you would want, want more but, contrast. Yeah. The more archetype archetypes than characters, the more like this guy is a drunken dad that has emotional problems. The, the Wendy, the wife, is more of like the timid wife figure and yeah. mother. And then you've got the son, where well, he's just a bit weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like he, he plays... The Damien. <laughs> yeah. plays yeah. the classic Damien. Yeah. Um, he never smiles in a single shot throughout the film either. He's just a creepy kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's, there is an arc there. But it's a very clear arc. Like there's a very yeah. We, we I mean, know exactly. We know we know exactly yeah. where all these characters are going and who they are. It yeah. definitely, it definitely, you know, goes to the extremes and goes a step further than a lot of other other films do. Um, you know, when they he's running around with an axe, the behind the scenes video of that is, looks looks terrifying. Yeah. The, the PA like nearly gets hit by him. And, um, interestingly, you never see Jack um, touch or harm his family mm-hmm. in the whole thing. He threatens, and he probably right. would, but you never see him. Um, lay a finger on the wife. That's because yeah. he never gets a chance to. Yeah. yeah. But I think that maybe Kubrick uh, suggesting quite an optimistic, it's quite an optimistic ending, and quite, that he never actually got to do what he wanted to do. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the, the film could have ended in a completely different way, where he murdered the family. Yeah, that's true. And he got away. Um. Well, we've covered quite a few things, but let's let's start reeling down the line. So the first thing we've got is character development, story, and writing. We spoke a lot about this already. I think that's the one thing that I was very disappointed with. But I think most most films that are very, very hyped and everyone says that these amazing films, I'm always disappointed because I think I just build them up too much in my head. Mm-hmm. And I was I was expecting The Shining to be this like absolute crazy amazing movie. It was it was a film that I'd I'd been saving. Yeah. And yeah, and it and it didn't it's, I kind of like more the idea of The Shining than the film itself. And it's kind of like films like The Exorcist. I watched that when I was about 12 or 13 thinking, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to get to sleep for the next two weeks. Mm. And it was the funniest film I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it's aged terribly. And then you've got films like The Godfather. I think the concept of The Godfather is better than the film itself. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I enjoy the idea of the characters and the world more than actually the motion picture when you watch it. Mm. And that's kind of what this was. I enjoyed the dissecting and I enjoy the theories behind it. And I, I kind of like the filmmaking more than the film. That's yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. There's a there's a quote in comedy where we, I used to like dissect comedy a lot and there's a quote where it's like if you dissecting comedy is like dissecting a frog, it's not funny and the frog dies. Yeah. You know, so it's like if you dissect the film too much, it loses that magic. It's no longer a movie. It's, yeah, it's not yeah. it's hmm. But not to say that I didn't like it. I would probably watch this film again. I would probably watch it a few times and I mean, the fact that I watched the the rubbish like yeah, half half cut version. I'm really interested to, to see what you other. what you missed in the yeah. film. Um, well, what do you think? Why about well, on the story? What do you think about the ending? And, and if you got the same ending as I did, so the Jack um, chases the kid through the maze. They yeah. get out. He freezes. They get away on the 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 snowplow or whatever it is. And then yeah. there's a close up that kind of zoom slowly zooms into the photograph. Yep, um, yep, of yep. The, he's there in the twenties, and then he's there in the twenties, yep. front and center. Jack, um, I don't think that was what, what, what did you think of I that? Because it's quite an ambiguous ending there. I think that's the um, what is it? The uh, too much mumbo jumbo. Too much like, mumbo jumbo. The yeah. du- double mumbo jumbo. Like you've got this this family, and you've got this hotel, and the solitude makes them go insane, and they get away, and it's all fine. But then right at the end, it's kind of like when you watch, when you watch like a student's first film, they're like, oh, yeah. but mm-hmm. he was asleep. It was a dream oh, the whole time. time. I mean, there's some interesting, I mean, I agree with you with that. I think it's so just, like, what, it's is it, what is it supposed to say? Well, that's the, it makes you question it. So they could have just ended the film, they got away and then the credits rolled. Yeah. But why did they add that? Why did they add that extra scene there? And I, I like the fact that um, it played on you've been here this whole time and you wonder whether what you're watching is reality or the fact that he's already gone insane and he's dreaming about these two family members that he's got and that's why he wants to snap back into the 20s and be this person that's at this big ball again. So I enjoyed the fact that you didn't know which one was the real thing and which one was I mean, I, mean, I, I kind of... It, one of the theories is like... It, it, this just happens every year. Um, you know, he go, he he comes to look after the the hotel on the winter every single year, and it's just it's just repetitive because you know the whole building and everything is repetitive, like and re- recurring, recurring, violence, yeah. yeah, recurring. Um, I I don't think it was needed though. Um, I just I watched it. I was like, hang on a minute. Um, but there's hints of that throughout the film though. So there's hints yeah. that he's been here before because he says it. I feel like I've been here before. Yeah. There's a big dialogue where he's like you know I've had deja vu before but this is like nothing else I've ever felt mm-hmm. uh, and then there's little there's other little things um, yeah. And yeah, dotted the, throughout the, just through the, throughout the conversations you, you do hear that um, and like he's, he feels very at ease in, with the hotel like when he's talking to that bartender the imaginary bartender then mm-hmm. he's in his imagined well we don't know if it's a ghost or if it's in his head and um, he still feels very at ease he talks to him like an old friend yeah uh, so there's those like kind of hints of like is he going insane is he being mm-hmm. Are the, the the ghosts and spirits of the hotel implanting and these memories or overtaking his body, or is he like or being reincarnated and he's actually been here in the past physically? Yeah, I, th- I think the reincarnation things the thing that holds up the most that like he's been here before. Because uh, everything else, I'm just like, well, it, it's just he's got deja vu, you know. But he is just going insane because they're isolated. That's the whole. That's yeah, the, that's the underlying. And the fact yeah. that they haven't pinpointed anything. 
Yeah. Goes I mean, quite well with the fact that he's going insane because it makes us go insane. Yeah. One of the, the theories about this film is that it's it's about um, the Holocaust. Um, you know, we've got Nazis in there at some point in, the, in every single podcast, but the, the, a lot of people theorise that this is about the Holocaust. Cause, How's that? Why um, is that? Uh, Kubrick was a kid um, in the 40s and he, the, all of the films he watched were you know, um, around the wartime and what, what went on and you kind of, he was... He he was seeing the news about it, and people. There's a there's a lot of little, little like uh, theories that people have put into this. And at the very end, when he uh, when they keep zooming in, um, it zooms in from his hair to the close-up shot of Jack Nicholson in front of all those people. And in the transition, there's a lot of stuff in the transitions for this that people go crazy about. Um, the hair transitions into his face and it looks like he's got a Hitler tash at the very end. <laughs> all right. <laughs> if you watch it back, so the literally the. The dissolve. Yep. There's quite a, there's quite a few dissolves in this um, that that do that as well. So um, as the driving, it's uh, some some of them are s- people are uh, cherry picking. Yeah. Um, so the the transition between the the exterior of the of the hotel, which actually does change uh, shape throughout the film, um, because one of it was actually original hotel, and the one some of it was actually the lot in London that they actually built. Right. But the transition from where it's like the big steeple tower transitions perfectly into uh into i think the next scene is when they're in the like lobby and it transition the the tower transitions into the stairs and then uh, the ladders sorry and then it goes into like them sitting down and stuff and um then uh, when he goes oh i've got my bags here and he points to them and there's like a mountain of bags like, yeah you couldn't fit all them in the beetle could you all right so that's another um kind of little clue like uh, talking about and we never saw of, them take their bags there out there's or lots anything. of like those psychological yeah. moments yeah. where it makes the audience think well, subconsciously go that's yeah. a bit weird a lot of people have uh with the bags and stuff and uh them just piled up there again with the holocaust and what right. happened and then that transitions again of people then standing where the bags were and some of that is maybe there's something around it. Some of it is just filmmaking. You know, it guides your eye when you you put a transition in like that because you're already looking at that at one place of the screen, and it's great to transition to your next shot and have something in that so your eyes are not j- jumping around the film. Some of the some of the people who had these theories, they're clearly not filmmakers. They just love films, um, and I don't think they've quite grasped that aspect. Like one of the guys was a. Uh, he was like, well, look, there's, while they're talking in the lobby, there's people uh, moving furniture across the room. And then just as uh, Jack Nelson turns his head, there's a guy in the background going upstairs with a carpet. Where is he going? Why is he doing this? Well, it's already been established that this hotel is closing down and they're packing up for the winter. Yeah. So they clearly haven't been watching. <laughs> so uh, as I was watching the documentary, I was just like... Some of them are a bit too far. Yeah, yeah but you know, as a filmmaker, that every every actor, every bit in that scene is thought out. Yeah, it's you just, thought about... But it's just blocked you, out. You, you That's thought, all it is. Yeah, but you, the Kubrick was like, oh, I need a guy with a carpet. Why Why specifically a carpet? Well, it, it, it's, there was a guy uh, bringing tables in from outside and he was commenting on that. I'm like, well, of course they're bringing tables in from outside. If, if them people weren't there, there'd be no one in the hotel and there's nothing going on and you need to have that hustle and bustle at the beginning of this because we've got nothing through the rest of it. And it's literally just blogging. That's every single film you watch. There's a guy in the background probably holding a carpet, like at some point, because there has to be people in the frame. So, well, let's get to um, direction slash execution. I think the character performance from Jack Nicholson is my favorite thing about this movie. Uh, I think my favorite scene altogether was him limping in the snow. That was creepy. Yeah, that was really really cool. Um, and then the fact that the 
they followed the same study cam shots from the the kid around the corridors to him in the maze. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good. The only thing I didn't like about the ending, right, was the shot of him like frozen. I honestly thought that was like someone out of like Ace Ventura. Yeah. We shouldn't mean, have seen his face because it was like... You've got the, uh, on any GIF app, if as soon as you type in The Shining, it just comes up with that and it's just like, like yeah. being called. <laughs> um, so. But in terms of the overall direction of this film, uh, I can't really fault much. Um, the, the performance of the wife, I thought at first I really disliked it. Me too. She this got voted the worst Shelley actress. Duval. She got, you know, the um the awards where it's like the ones where it gives for bad performances. And oh stuff. yeah, the she the won. Razzies. I, I, the Razzies, yeah. She, I, did, I didn't think she was great. She she won that. She right. Did. Um. I mean, See, I, I didn't like it at first, and then I started to warm to it, and like you could see that like, she was just incredibly exhausted the whole time. I thought she was a bit sort of fumbly, but that went well with her character. Yeah. Well. The, did you did you read about Kubrick during this shoot? Being a dickhead. So he's, he's not he's notoriously a dickhead on <laughs> yeah. set, and yeah. uh, he's just a bad person. I think, what from everything I've read, but this shoot was like a year long, and he just worked and worked and worked all of the actors doing reshoot after reshoot after reshoot to a point where um I forgot the characters. I know she's called Wendy. I forgot the actress, but she was um like crying and sobbing and like she just didn't want to be there. Uh, he was just working at. He was. He forced her to become a method actor yeah. by, by isolating her from the rest of the crew and like really putting her through yeah. some terrible um, times on set. And I think she was going through a divorce at the time. So that what you just said there about her feeling looking tired and exhausted. That wasn't the she, acting. It wasn't acting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, was, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. And that you know when the the scene where. Um, the the chef is talking to the kid, to, to explaining about the shining, mm-hmm. um, saying how you can shine and, and all that sort of stuff. They they did the close up for that 148 times. Oh right, okay. And there's a behind the scenes shot of him just shouting at Kubrick, going, "What do you want, Mister Kubrick? What do you want?" Because yeah. everyone there's just a, gets there's incredibly frustrated. a fun fact frustrated. about that actually. His next movie was with Clint Eastwood, and they did it in one take. Mm-hmm. And he like hugged him after. He was like, oh, "Thank God." Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, really. Well, the the door uh the door chopping scene took them three days to shoot, so she which scene you know when he chops the door down with the axe oh, right, yeah. about, it took them three days to shoot that um just the chopping the door down and her reactions and stuff so I'm, I'm not I'm, of course she's going to go insane and it's such an intense scene yeah, as well so you just like the just motion just draining out of you and it makes it. you wonder how much they rehearsed because honestly to think about it that if they're doing hundreds of takes he's he's just a bad director like. You know, maybe, maybe get want... it in a dozen. Do a bit more rehearsals. No, if he, if he feels that like he's genuinely getting more out of his actors by doing it this way, then I think he, he's, he's just pretentious. A... I think he just, I've got the power. I mean, he, he was a genius as a man. He had an IQ yeah. of over 200. And I'd, I'd just, I honestly just think he was a bit of a, he was just a dick. But he, he always, like, he, I'm th- better than you. I think his philosophy is with, is, was that, you know, the film's more important than anyone's. Like this, the film would last a lifetime, whereas this, this moment of pain will but there's, we'll there's a lot of films that are still critically acclaimed from the 80s where you haven't heard anything of people being horrible on set. Yeah. Like, imagine if you heard Back to the Future that... What was the guy from Back to the Future called again? Martin McFly. No, the, the um, director. Um, oh, God. Uh, I don't know who the director is. Oh, 
man, I'll, 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 you keep, keep talking. Anyway, that guy. Man, what is he called? Imagine if it was like, oh yeah, he did, he did two hundred takes with Michael J. Fox, and like Michael J. Fox like broke down and tears and that. And but to be fair, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's this is, this is a bit more of a psychological horror than. I think Battle of the Future is a better film than The Shining. Yeah, and I think the performance in Battle of the Future is just as good. And um, I think the direction overall is Robert Zemeckis. But do you not think it was an easier, Zemeckis, yeah. easier film to direct in terms of performance because it was a bit lighter? No, because you've got Jack Nicholson taking up the role. I mean, he's, he would do that even if you had a crappy director. I just think he... I well, think, that's why uh, they work so well together because Jack Nicholson is such an intense actor and Kubrick is such an intense director. I think, I think that... Have you shut it, down? It, it seems as though it <laughs> seems as though people's opinion on The Shining is that it's a hundred percent all Stanley Kubrick and it's all his genius. When I think that if you replaced him with someone else, you would be able probably get eighty five percent of that film anyway. Yeah, but is the fifteen percent not what makes this conversation happen? Like. Well, we're only talking about it because he's a knobhead. <laughs> it's like true, we're, yeah, we're literally having a discussion about yeah. whether this director can justify his actions because he's a knobhead and he's treating people badly. I, I don't think there's in any walk of life you you if you if you want to get your um you know you shouldn't treat people badly, and if you want to get performance like this out of your actors, you treat them as human beings and you sit down with them. You suffer for your art, Rob. No, no, I think no pain, no pain, no gain. I think, uh, but Stanley Kubrick's not a director; he's a dictator. Yeah, that's honest, the difference. You know, <laughs> beforehand you're gonna go right. We're gonna go to this place. We're gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna we'll want this type of performance. We we'll want this out. And I hope, I hope before all of this, you you sat down with him and went, "We're gonna do that many takes because as an actor, I imagine he didn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, he's not suffering for his art. He's making other people suffer for his art, and that's the problem. Yeah, it, uh, any walks of life, if you're a dick. You're a dickhead. Like, doesn't really matter. I don't care who you are and yeah, what exactly. you, you achieve. I think. I don't think this film is good enough yeah. to say, oh, but it's fine though because he's allowed to be a total knobhead and be horrible to his yeah. cast and crew because no, the no, film you, is just you, pure. You, can't get, away, you certainly can't get away with that nowadays. No. Um, um, there'll be health and safety all <laughs> over the joint. Well, health and safety, do you want to know how many I think doors? If, if it's 100 takes and he wanted it to be absolutely perfect, should have been a better film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it slammed. was just, it was just a good, good <laughs> comeback from that Kubrick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you gonna do, mate? You're dead. Oh god. Right. Um, it was good slash great, but what, okay. I'm, what, go on, you go. No, I'm gonna try and lighten the mood. Um, the doors. How many doors? Do, we'll play a little competition. How many doors was oh, actually it's chopped be, down? It's gonna be loads. Uh, hundred, <laughs> hundred and twenty. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say less. I'm gonna say fifty doors. 60 doors in total. Oh, nice. I win. I mean, <laughs> I win. For, from, for the short film road that we made, we had one door. So oh. Kubrick, like, you you don't know what you're doing. Exactly. And did you need 100 takes? No, I didn't. Nah, exactly. Whilst, whilst we're just on this, um, <laughs> interestingly, when he was directing the kid, Danny. Dictating. Uh, the kid didn't know that this was a horror film. He didn't tell him what it was, so okay. he would just, just during those really weird, intense close-ups of him reacting to scary things. He would just he wasn't telling them what he was looking at. He was just going, "Do this face, do this like that oh, sort right. of directing," and then okay. they just cut it in the edit. So it would have been strange as the kid w- watching this film and going, "Ah, oh, that's why I was doing that." Yeah, <laughs> what was all that about? What was all that about? Um, well, let's let's get on to the next topic then, which I think is probably the the se- my second favorite thing about this, which is the cinematography. Yeah. I think 
well, it would be this the cinematography and the production design together. Yeah. Um. So we're talking about the hotel. We're talking about the color design and the the use of red, and then also these these strange long isolated takes of just like following around around the corners and stuff. We we on get the, to see the, the space. Yeah. Um. Yeah, cinematography. What do you reckon? It gave me. I think it was the cinematography. Well, along with everything else, that gave me that sense of that weird feeling that I couldn't quite put my finger on. Yep. And it's done something that I haven't seen in. Well, I can't think that I've seen in a lot of films. With that that sense of, like you say, what's it called, claustrophobia, mm-hmm. um, which is a very impressive thing to do with visual. Uh, yeah, visual, especially visual considering it, it made you feel claustrophobic in a set that is absolutely massive. Exactly. Yeah, but the mirrors, the symmetry, the patterns. Um, yeah, it all added to that sense of like subtle, subconscious. I don't know what I'm feeling here. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, what did you think of it? Yeah, I mean, the, like the, it feels like it's trapped in a maze. Yeah, which is with what, all that, and I think the the long tracking shots with the steady cam. Uh, horizons, horizons a bit off, but we'll let them off because it was ladies. Um, <laughs> uh, it just went Dutch for yeah, a few that's seconds. True. Right? We're around the corner, um, and if you obviously. We've got this big open space when we're downstairs and as we get further and further upstairs and when we get to like their living quarters, the corridors get narrower and narrower. And obviously when he sees the two girls for the first time, it, it, that's what happens. Um, there's 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 some clever cutting room in there as well because uh, Danny's... Is it Danny the little kid? Yeah. Isn't it Danny? You know, he's... Um, you know, the shot of production design as well. Obviously him on his little bike and then it's going on the wood, then onto the carpet, then mm, on the wood and yeah. on the carpet. Sound design with that. Um and then as he gets further and further up, he's just you know going around, and that we we come back to that three times, which is a. Uh, you always feel really like every time he goes around a corner, something's going to happen, something's going to jump yeah, out, well, and that feeling of like you know clenching yourself mm-hmm. for when that moment happens. See, this uh, that was spoiled for us because I knew he was going to see the little girls at some point. Obviously, we see it took was, a while though. It did yeah, build up. We we do see the girls really early on. I thought that as well in the games room when he, it's like his first day there. Um, but then when he's on the bike, um, I already knew that was coming. And I was just like, well, if it hasn't happened twice now, it's going to happen now. So that was a little bit spoiled for us. Um, obviously, you, you see them, like, dead, which is pretty terrifying. Um, you know, we, we we did 2001, and one of one of our main complaints, Rob, not you, K-Dog, I don't think, um, was that it was just too long and there were, like, um, unnecessarily long shots. Like, get the mm. scissors out and get a cut. Yeah. Um, with this, I feel like the the intense, silent moments and the very quiet moments but, um, helped it become claustrophobic. I think they had a, a real reason to do it. I think my favourite shot in the whole film isn't isn't something that's super complicated. It's just the slow zoom on Jack Nicholson's face when he's just looking out into the snow yeah, for when, the first time. Because they, they're in the maze and like he's looking at them. Yeah. yeah. But that... Yeah, it's um, Stanley Kubrick esque long, long, long takes. Yeah, it really adds, like you say, adds to this film though, because it gives you that as an audience member, you're like, just cut, just cut. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, it does add to that sense of uh, feeling trapped in the labyrinth. Yeah, because uh, you just can't escape. You have to you just stick them with it. Yeah. So there's a reason for it, I would say. Yeah, in in this film, of course, I'll give that a positive. Not in 2001. <laughs> and the same. Well, the the open 
the film opens with them long takes when the car. Oh, that's I didn't like that driving, though. That was that was too long. Driving um, along the he's mountains. A f- he's a fuck for you. Uh, they also used in Blade Runner, the original one. Uh, yeah, I read a fact about this, yeah. but it didn't make any sense. So, what do you mean? Um, in the extended cut of Blade Runner, the original one, you actually see Deggard um, get away, and you see him drive away, and those long driving shots are, are from here. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So they literally took it from he, one he, film, yeah, put it in the other. He rang, just stole the shots. No, he rang uh, Kubrick up. Um, Ridley Scott rang Kubrick up and went, "Oh, can I? Do you have any more aerial footage? Because not too many people actually had aerial footage at that point." It was in a helicopter, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. And um, Kubrick apparently sent them like if you like hours and hours and hours <laughs> and hours and hours of aerial footage. Obviously, because it's Kubrick, he has to film all of the roads Not just, <laughs> he was the original Google Earth you know he, he's got all of the footage from that uh, do you think that the, the yellow car driving just looks so tiny compared to the, that mm. beautiful vast landscape that it's set against yeah. and it just looks really small and vulnerable uh, like the it, it's just really eerie and they I mean, set, a couple of shots would have been fine but yeah but and they you're not introduced to the hotel until after nine minutes of these shots and this car driving down this road. So it feels like it adds to that sense of this place is in the middle of nowhere and it's really isolated. So you're not, that, that, those long shots are there for a reason because you you literally feel like you've been driving for hours until you get there. Yeah. You were watching it for hours, weren't you? I think it was lovely. I loved watching that. I would happily have that I as like, like a little oh, yeah, screensaver like, or something. Yeah, Just like. Do you remember back, back, uh, back in the early days of broadband internet when... Um, there was that viral shock scare video where yes. it was, <laughs> the witch it did I, look like I was worried that I was, there was going to be a jump. Yeah. I was really worried about that. Um, all right, did well, you, let's just quickly on that. Did you notice that you probably didn't? Because I I read it on Google. And I didn't I didn't notice this myself. But they drove past a hearse on the side of the road. Oh, really? Yeah. And just a little bit of foreshadowing mm. that this is the road to death. Road to death. <laughs> all right. The next thing we've got is special slash visual effects. Now, the only visual effect in this is obviously the maze composite, the top-down shot. That was great. I thought that was really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, I was looking out for the stitch marks and I couldn't see anything. Mm. So that must be when Jack Nicholson, he's looking down at the scale model. Yeah. And they're actually there running running, running around. Through it and it cuts. And then we see a shot of like, almost like this, the composite of it together. I thought that was one of my favourite shots, I think. That was cool. One of, one of the... The special uh, uh, shot was um, the blood coming out of the elevator. Oh, that was a special effect shot. No, a special effect. Um, visual. visual effect, yeah. Um, that was a visual effect visual, shot. Yeah. Um, was, that wanna, a, was that a scale model? Do you want it? Was, no, it was done for. No way. Yeah, I've got the fact was right it in front of in us. camera, so it was a special effect. What did they shot? use for the blood? Um, or did I've, Stanley Kubrick go and murder his uh, <laughs> crew did. before he did yeah. it? <laughs> so, um, to suffer for the art. Uh, so it was. <laughs> It, it it took them obviously many days to get it looking right well it probably looked right in the first one but Kubrick just went nah let's do it 100 more times yeah I heard that um, he said it doesn't look like blood yeah it's, it went on um, he shouldn't have made it blue Stanley <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no we need another take uh, this time I want it green Stanley can we just make it red no we need 100 takes I need the guys to talk about it on the podcast in 2018 come on this uh, went on for six months to get the blood flow uh, the way Kubrick wanted it. I, I thought it was a very impressive shot. Oh, yeah. I mean, very I, striking. I, I think it's, a, it's amazing. And yeah. in between, you know, the, the filming, they had to clear it all up and reset it in six months, Stanley. I can imagine. Six months. For that five seconds. 
I mean, it's, it's worth I, it. He goes back to it about twenty times in the film. Yeah, you, you know, got good. You still, yeah. I mean, I would as well. Jeez. <laughs> well, if it did take him like like a bunch of takes, it the it's a pretty perfect shot. So like the water sort of like flows in, but then it obviously hits off the walls, bang, and then it rushes up. I imagine sometimes it would have just flowed through, and he would have been like, ah, oh, it's not it not aggressive that, enough. Yeah. I it mean, had to have that momentum about it. Yeah, they're probably. It's one of those things they've got to try it and test it because you don't know how this is going to react. Yeah, yeah. All right, the next thing we've got is uh, editing. So, what did you think of the um, the sort of we had smash cuts where it would be like for a split second you would see like the the girls and the and the um, the kids' face being like oh. Shit. I don't like stuff like that. Um, I mean, a lot of it you could, um, a lot of the horror stuff you, you knew it was coming beforehand because of the the sound and which we're getting a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't like. But that. I quite like them because they came out of nowhere. So there's mm-hmm. just a. It's a bit it more just, a jump, a cut, though, isn't it? It just yeah, jumped a cut, uh, whatever the word is, to the girls back to the blood, mm. back to the face, yeah. and that just came out of nowhere in the in the context of the scene. And then yeah. throughout the rest of the film, you felt like that could happen again at any moment. Yeah. Which added to that, yeah, what's going to happen? That I, I didn't I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was... If it was cut out, I wouldn't have missed it. But at the same time, I, I didn't feel like it was so cheap. We probably missed a couple more of those. Cause, uh, Tell me what you've got, what I missed. What you missed. Uh, okay, I'll do this now then. Uh, so yeah. uh, me and Rich only seen... Uh, we, there's, there's two versions of this. So it's, it, it, the exported version is 114 minutes and the American version is 143 minutes. So there's 23 minutes and 13 seconds that we missed and there's 18 changes. So the beginning when he is um, getting his interview, uh-huh. there's a bl- bit more with his wife and a bit more in the interview. So I think we missed some stuff out there. That, was, that interview is quite important. There's a lot of exposition there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene which I think think we completely missed um where there's a nurse or a nanny comes to see danny at their home um and she's talking you missed that scene yeah that scene so that in that scene that's it that's like just after the interview Mm -hmm. and then we find out that uh jack pulled dislocated danny's arm if you didn't get like that. so, so that's, that's five and a half minutes we get that later on so he's jack no we find that out at the beginning so that again sets up jack as a character who's very violent and has right. is, is harmed his family in the past okay. but he was but he did it because he was they say he was drunk so then he became sober after that yeah we do we do hear about it don't we? because he, he admits it yeah he admits it yeah uh, so yeah we figure that out we hear that at the very beginning which again sets up jack as this character okay. i think why and then it's, it's interesting the way the wife reacts though because she clearly in a very unconvincing way says oh it's just what happens you know these things yeah, happen and yeah. like all of that uh, and we, we get to know who she is as a character how she reacted yeah. and then they, it also talks to um, Danny about his little friend um, what he's called what's he called um, I don't know Jimothy Ian, or something Ian Ian Keith then we've got 36 seconds of just when they're getting a tour around the building oh that so, was good 36 yeah, seconds yeah, yeah. Um, another 42 <laughs> seconds of when they're in their like apartment so you you actually see into the bathroom because I don't I don't think we do but in the longer cut you do um, they actually go into the ballroom which I think we see um, but it's slightly longer or they bring the kid in which we don't see yeah he just appears um, a little bit more when Jack Nicholson's eating breakfast you know, forty nine seconds. Be, the bacon. The bacon. That bacon looked so nice. Good, it did. Um, eight seconds of um, Jack missing. He's just typing. More, no, he's he's just throwing the 
ball off the wall more times. Ah, right. You know, I'll, I'll forgive that. Um, <laughs> you see, he's that's wide. important because if you notice what he's throwing the ball off. Yeah. Um, if you, if, I don't know if this was part of your film, but yeah. they mentioned at the beginning that this was built on an Indian burial yes. ground. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of the, facts about that. And the ball he was, the wall that he was throwing the ball off was like this Indian design. Yeah. So I don't know. That would might suggest <gasps> this. Disres- that means that the bad juju came out and got yeah. him. Or like the disrespect for the past and yeah. the, where this this thing was built. Yeah. Uh, Wendy is trying to cook. She's opened some beans. Uh, more of Jack Nicholson writing. Um, more of them watching TV. I think we got that. Um, Jack Nicholson when he's having the conversation with the bartender, a bit more of that. So I don't. I, I, a lot I of honestly think that those are all really important things, and you, you. I would recommend for people not to watch the two-hour version because that is ridiculous if that's getting yeah. cut out. There's like a two and a half minutes of the guy travelling back to the hotel. I don't know if anything happens in between there. Uh, they're watching TV again. Oh yeah, we missed the scene where she sees all of the. Uh, the skeletons in the lobby and it's all dark oh really yeah we, we didn't get that that's a, that's quite watched, a scary scene when I watched the uh, the documentary I was like I, I didn't see that I did, did I fall asleep in this because she starts seeing she as as he's chasing her she starts seeing all the ghosts and the spirits of the yeah. hotel and yeah. that was the last thing she sees where she walks into that big the way he writes mm-hmm. and there's just loads of skeletons everywhere mm-hmm. so I don't mind watching it again I'll watch it again at some point I don't, I don't I mean, I've got the Stanley Blu-ray it seems strange collection. That, it seems strange that on the Blu-ray of all things that it showed you the the edited. How did version. you watch it, Christian? Uh, it magically appeared on my, <laughs> uh, on my laptop. That's, that's why you're a naughty boy. <laughs> you downloaded it from America, didn't you? Somewhere. That's right, why we didn't see it. Let's get to editing then. Um, we've already touched on it a bit, right? So something that I didn't like. Less about the editing and more about the soundtrack and the sound design. Um, was the 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 strings that would come up these classic 80s horror strings and yeah. it, it sort of made me feel like you're supposed to be scared here by the way because i'm going to yeah. scare you with this music well it was either deadly silent or you had that weird music in the background yeah and the weird music wasn't wasn't cued with visuals so it wasn't synchronous it was just like oh yeah we're just gonna just gonna have a walk around the hotel and it was like ah! <laughs> and then it just ends and it's like oh okay maybe they've like put that in the timeline in the wrong place that's what so i don't know what to think about that it's this just another weird thing that you just have to go oh my god war stands an absolute genius <laughs> like that's amazing like you know it's just annoying to me fair i enough. didn't like it fair enough i didn't like that either i was like uh, one of the notes i've got was just like just too loud it's too loud. <laughs> you know what? Just turn it down. I just agree. Turn, just turn it down, man. Just Stanley, or, man. Come on. Or, or actually make a, a a film that's meant to like scare us and horror instead of just going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, Have you seen? I'll put it on. Actually, I've got it on this. I know you've seen it. Have you seen the Haunting of Hill House? Yes, I have. Which is taking a lot of inspiration from this film. I would say after wa- after watching this. No spoilers. But I haven't watched it yet. I won't spoil it, but I would. It's. I would say if it's. One of the best, or if not the best, horror film or series or TV show I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. And you agree. should go and watch that right now if you re- even remotely like it's The Shining. Than, it's better than The Shining. It's um, um, yeah. I'll simulate one of the uh, one of the scenes. So it's like, all right, how are you doing, Rob? What are you going to be doing this Christmas? Just, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, um, you know when we did the Hoovering the other day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the Hoover actually broke. Oh, did it? Next scene, cut. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and you like, don't find out what happened to the Hoover. That was come on, Stanley. That man. was kind of scary. That like Stan. <laughs> yep. Scaring is when they're just walking through the hotel. <laughs> but yeah, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm not that bothered, but um, it was too loud. Too loud. The sound design though. That was really nice. Like you said, Rob, when he was um had the trike and he was yeah, going yeah. over the dun 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 dun, dun when I mean, he was that, going carpet and then that's definitely with, hardwood. Yeah, with the uh, set design and everything, you know, yeah. included into that. And I, I enjoyed the the significant lack of sound when we got those scenes where it was just a slow zoom in or out and there's not a lot going on. Mm-hmm. It brought up the atmosphere, and and then it was ruined by. Oh, Sorry about that. Hate it. Oh, right. um, maybe we're too loud, or maybe you're too loud. Maybe I'm too loud. Yeah, <laughs> it's just method. <laughs> uh, so, how would you do it differently? Oh, I don't know. I would probably stick closer to the source material. I mean, there's a there's a TV show, The Shining. I don't know if that sticks closer to. The... Yeah, it's like a telly movie, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Late nineties, right? Yeah, yeah. I hear yeah. that's worse. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not so great. I mean, the way I would do it differently is I would probably watch the two and a half hour version because... That's a good way to start. Know, to start it. How would yeah. you watch it differently? Yeah, yeah. how would I watch it differently? Because <laughs> uh, why is there two different versions? That's really annoying considering it's like the Stanley Kubrick like collection. That's what I mean. The Blu-ray it, yeah. collection. Why would they put like the rubbish theatrical version, like the export version on? It must have been something to do with rights at the time or what was getting said unless it came into the UK and it wasn't I mean, there's blood and everything, so of course it's like an 18. It's 80, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, so Strange. Yeah. Um, how would I do it differently? Um, I don't know. I don't think you... Like you said, probably source material. My mum loves the book. She's petrified of it. I was going to get the audio book and like, listen to it while I'm walking down the street. Yourself. Yeah, no, I think, we, I think we should do this because uh, I think it'll be quite an experience. That would at, be good. At the ending of the book... Uh, don't tell us. Can you... I don't know. Well, I want to read the book right. if it's different it's different yeah alright okay you've read the book no I read this oh, right, as okay. research for this podcast oh, okay no uh, there's one of the differences I mean if you want to if you want to see it see it All no right, I yeah. don't I'll read it at some point spoilers okay well not alright fair enough no, right. <laughs> sorry <laughs> listeners but I um, bet it was good though what you were going to say yeah I'll let you know it was really good I'll, we'll have the conversation <laughs> we'll get back to it yeah Um, I, I think I think it's just a little bit more empathy for, oh, you know, familyness. Make a bit more of a nice, n- nicer character who goes insane. Yeah, well, that's than, the, that is the book, yeah. Yep. So it's a nice character that gets driven insane by the hotel rather than that's a, more a bad character yeah. that inevitably, like, the, the the hotel seems to bring out as latent evil in this film. Like, there was always seems to be it's evil inside like of him. It's almost like he deliberately went to this hotel knowing that there was a murder that happened well, a few I think years that's, before. that's what was implied. Justified I, I think, yeah. what was going on. Yeah, I think that was what we were supposed to feel. Right, okay. I, yeah. I think I think if I was ever going to do it differently, there's some visual aspects that would bring into it. Um, and it would be the... Because obviously the hotel is, is just taking him over uh, and, and the rest of the family as well. And I think uh, physically I would want to show that. So you would, you would have things like... You know, he's walking down the, the hallway, but the, the, the wall actually sucks him into the physicalness of the hotel. And, you know, visuals like that. And he's, he's kind of in the hotel itself and play on that and just be really weird with some of the yeah. with, with some of the effects. Obviously, back then you couldn't do this. This was the 80s, you know. Um, and maybe more guns. More guns. Um, Aye. They have more guns, yeah. Why not? Um, I would like to have seen... More uh, moments of like nightmares creeping in, 
So well, that's what Haunting of Hill House does very well. Right. I, I, th- I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I think some of the like uh, elements of the Haunting of Hill House, if you put them into this, I yeah. think it would complement the story really, really well. Because so. that's the same. Th- I won't spoil anything, but it's a similar premise where this this building, this physical thing, is influencing uh, the the residents within it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Cool. Has it aged? I think it's ahead of its time. In terms of the themes of it. Okay. I don't think it's aged that. I don't think it's aged. If any, like. I don't think it's aged badly. I just. I, I, there's nothing really. There's in, nothing in, like like that sets it in a particular time. You know, there's typewriters and things, but. But that's just like hipster these days, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. That's pretty. You could fun. just do it. Interesting facts: the typewriter changes color. Um. All right, that's and, deliberate, isn't it? And it, it has was, to be. And it's not a mistake and by it the was, set design. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it was the it was a German typewriter, which uh, you know when he's writing his lists and stuff that the Nazis possibly yep. used. There we go. There's yep. a ho- yep. Holocaust what reference. I thought when yeah. I was watching the scene, you know, when she comes down and she discovers what he's been writing, and I'm like, some poor person had factual, to huh? type all of those papers. Like someone had to sit there and type. Jack is what? What, what was it? No work, all work, and no play makes Jack a dull boy. On a hundred different pieces uh, of paper. Five hundred. Five hundred. You know. Like, you know about with, that with, scene with Kubrick just whipping them in the background. <laughs> you know what quite annoyed me though is after you would like scroll through the first ten to twenty pages, you would probably be like. Yeah, all right, I'll just grab them all and I'll just like flip book it and just mm-hmm. I'll just check the back one. Yeah, but she literally checked every single five hundred pages. <laughs> well, and you know what? We watched every single <laughs> yeah, one of them. It's like, come on, love. You know that they're all like that, but she's surprised at every single one. <laughs> like, like, I mean, uh, what's the next page going to be? Oh, I've got absolutely no idea. But the last forty <laughs> pages have all been like this, and then well, she turns it, and it's like, ah! <laughs> it's like come on, woman. I mean, um, it says here nobody was certain. Uh, uh, it was never addressed by Kubrick, but apparently he typed out all 500 pages. No way, did he? Nah, uh, you know what? Well, it was in the days where you couldn't like just do do a couple and photocopy them. You, you did have to... Yeah, to yeah, early. Of course, he never. Early, uh, he never. No, he computer wouldn't, processing. Kubrick wouldn't have done that. Nah. You know what? I bet he didn't. Why would why no, would he do more that? Impressive if he that got, he did, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know Doesn't what? It? You know, it's kind of like when you when you're at school and you kind of want to get a cool new nickname in there. So you kind of like, oh yeah, no, um, thingy, he, he called us dragon the other day. I just <laughs> thought that was that was, oh no, yeah, five hundred pages, like, yeah, well, oh, yeah, it was me. Barbara said that I typed out all five hundred pages. Oh, I did not <laughs> do that. No. You're lying. Um, Creep. Right, what's next? We've just got trivia, fun facts, I've, slash uh, fan we, theories. How long have we Is got? Is it in the Matrix? How long? Well, I don't think it's in the Matrix, but um, I'm going to go with... Um, do, do you have any facts before I get started? Because this might go on for a while. No, I've got that one which you've shot me down on, so I can't say. Which one? James the one Bond about one. the end of the book. All right, okay, we'll not talk about them. Um, <laughs> 900 tons of salt was used uh, in the making of the film. To what for? Snow. Oh, not just the the opposite of snow. (laughs) Obviously, he's not that much of a monster and making them like Jack Nelson freeze to death. I heard that the maze set was like really hot Mm. because of like the amount of light that they needed to put on and like the salt and the styrofoam that was used for snow was like really well insulated. So they were like boiling the whole time. There's a fact. There's a fact for you. Um, 
So Jack Nicholson stopped reading the script apparently and just got on with it. Um, I don't know how that works, but probably don't need to read it if you're going to have to do it 150 times. Exactly, yeah, he knew it, right? Um, so there's a documentary called What's the Room Called in this, which we haven't mentioned at two, all. Three seven three two seven. Yeah, um, that's uh, well. Yeah, let's talk about this room. I mean, visually with stunning the, with the naked girl. Uh, yeah, and uh, the witch and naked the dead girl. person. Yeah, that was cut. Co- I uh, <laughs> watched the PG version. Oh man! Um, so no, in- that was good. I laughed my head off of that. I thought that was so funny. He reacted like such a man. He just walked in. <laughs> didn't, you know, he didn't question that there was a naked woman in the bath and just well, got on, got on know, with it. You just and then, got on with it. And <laughs> soon he didn't go. Have you been here since October? <laughs> just yeah. in the bath. And he, and then as soon as she changed into a witch, he was like, "Oh, now I'm kind of freaked out." Yeah. <laughs> so the same. Did you think she was going to be really tall when she got out the bath? She that, was exceptionally tall. That's what scared me the most. Yeah. The she, like, she stood legs, up and yeah. she was huge, and I was like, "Oh no, it's going to be like she, a slender she, man thing." She, yeah. can, she couldn't be James Bond, could she? Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> let's let's go to just before he goes in the room. Uh, Danny goes in the room, so he's playing with his toy, and then the ball uh, comes out of nowhere. Comes out of nowhere. Okay. The carpet is shaped. Um, it's like it's a weird octagon. pattern. Yeah. That's meant to represent a, a launch pad for um, a, a, a rocket. Oh, he's also wearing the Apollo 11 jumper. Apollo 11, because um, Kubrick has has been, um, well, rumours is that he faked the moon landing video. Oh, yeah. You know, the, oh, yeah. The, this is... Using the, the 2001 set. Yeah, all of that. Um and in the in the book, do you believe that? Of course not. I've got some <laughs> I've got some facts about this. Um, That's the right answer, <laughs> Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do, I'll tell you these in a minute. All right. right I've so, got some counterfacts right, so, <laughs> to tell you that it's definitely real. <laughs> um, so the room in the book is 217. Um, but 237. No, oh, sorry. In the in book, the book right, is yeah, 217, right. but he changed it to 237 because that was the sound stage that the apparently filmed the moon landing on. Uh, so right. the, the shapes on the floor, like it says, are like a rocket. When he stands up, he's got the Apollo... Um, oh, he, he loves it, Danny Kubrick. He loves just uh, stirring oh, we're the there, pot. We're there. Gagging for it. <laughs> He's absolutely like, loving it. So um, uh, there's a lot more to this. Uh, so when when he goes to the room, the keys, the doors open, and, and the keys in, and obviously it says uh, uh, room N O, then two three seven on it. Yeah. Um, what some people in this documentary figured out is you can only spell two things with all those letters, letters, and one of them is room, and one of them is moon. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, I think with this uh, this this theory about you know he did fake it that um, I think is a he got asked so many times he just went you know what I'm just gonna mess with everyone. Oh uh, yeah, I believe he definitely added those in. Oh yeah, too right. To to you know big middle finger flip the bird yeah. at the rest of the world who didn't who were uh, you know I mean, tinfoil the, hats the, and that. There's a lot of. Um, uh, experts who did like front screen projection and things like that and and, and they've analysed the footage of the moon landing and found flaws in it and found things what, that like, shouldn't are be really there. doing this yeah what, we're really like, doing this okay. so the the projection itself is you can tell it's um it projected on because the original footage there's like two layers to it there's lights in the background that shouldn't be there and when you when they've been like enhanced and things you can see like an arrow light in the background and things and stuff like that, the reflections. If you look at it, I'm like, well, you know what? You've got something. I don't believe it, but you've got something. Um, I've got one more fact for you. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, you know that thing that we have where um, we can see faces in things that don't exist yeah. as a way to, you know, if a cheetah was in the jungle, we would be able to spot it before it jumps out. 
Is this not just the same thing where yeah, people are like, uh, if uh, you look for something agree, hard yeah. enough, you're going to find it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, apparently, if if you look into it, the, the, the it would sp- it would cost more money to like recreate to fake the moon landing than to actually just go to the moon. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, the, the I'm, one thing that makes it definitely we you know the Americans did go there is the is, fact that the, all the lines the are, com- they got. are completely <laughs> parallel. So, in order to get a light big enough, a single source big enough to be able to have complete parallel lines on a stage that big, like you say, you would need to buy a light that would be billions of dollars and it would also need to power more than the electricity that the whole world could operate at that point. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got a a fact for you. Another one is the reason he also changed it to 237 is because it's not as accurate now because we've got lasers, but the Earth is 237 thousand miles away <laughs> right, get in. from the moon <laughs> oh, snow that's boring that one. Oh, really i, see, I, I like that, that was good i like that one keep going uh, what else you got no i just i'm, I'm i feel like cubic's been boring just like do, doing those oh, that was things. A, well, yeah i mean that, that, that's a good, yeah. that one. it's a good fact I mean, but I'm like, he likes laying, get, laying the butter on doesn't he He's, <laughs> he keeps going with it more talk about him one, la- more one last one um so he, he denied all of this obviously <laughs> he came out and went um no it's not there we changed it to 237 um because the hotel didn't the hotel they actually used had a room 217 which is the one in the book and they didn't want the the people who visit the hotel to think that one was like haunted and you know what we see in the room and you know if people stayed there they would see that they'd seen things when the police okay. didn't so you change it to 237 so there isn't a room 237 no so we'll we'll do Use a, a number that doesn't exist okay but um the guy who is into this theory about you know you the moon want, landing if you would want to sleep in room 237 if i was if you were a shining fan. Yeah, if you were a shining fan. But he, the, the guy didn't want to just make the hotel about that. You know, it was still like a fa- You know, it was very similar to what it, what it is in the film. Obviously, probably it's not people dying at all the time. But um, to, but the, the guy who had the theory about the moon landing rang the hotel and went, oh, can I book a room in the hotel? I'm thinking about uh, having room uh, 217. He says, oh, I, uh, we don't actually have room 217. They don't go up that high. So Kubrick lied about that, and he was like, "See, this is proof of that." Uh, blah 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 of two, three, seven, and the moon and everything. So, laying it on, laying it on. Buttery, buttery, buttery Kubrick. I just really like that though. If you get a chance to watch a documentary, it's on Amazon, and it's it's fun. It's fascinating that how people many get people, obsessed with this. Yeah, film, especially don't they? we haven't yeah. even spoke about the uh, the building and how that it doesn't make sense. So there's 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 corridors where there shouldn't be and there's windows there's windows windows where there shouldn't be there's there's maps online that people have made and you can walk through them and look and show where everyone was there is a I did there is a clear there's a one shot where Jack Nicholson walks from that big room the main room Mm. into the The office office. the window shouldn't be there the windows clearly shouldn't be there and that is that that can't be incidental that was Oh yeah, deliberate but that's just, I, I think that's just clever filmmaking. It's set design. It's like, yes, this isn't here. There's the reason behind it is because I want to mess with the audience because yeah. this hotel is messing with our character. It's and that's as sub- simple as that. It's a subconscious mess. Yeah, yeah no, it's a, yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. Great but, set design. But, but people, when you watch it, they go into so much detail. I've got, I could go on probably another an hour about <laughs> some of the other things. Um, so a lot of about the Holocaust and, and things like that. And a lot yeah. of it was about, obviously, the Native American... Um, burial ground. Burial, burial ground. And uh, the blood is coming from 
the the earth of where they were buried up the the shaft of the uh, the lift and then out um right. and, and 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 different things like that but it's definitely you know what it's probably worth watching straight afterwards as well because you just like some of it's daft but some of it's really quite interesting so it's nice food for thought Oh, and um, there's a, a there's a load of stuff about the Indian. So a lot of the cans that's in the background. Is that in, Indian and in, then, yeah. In, yeah, and there's a whole theory behind that. And like yeah. the ketchup cans and that. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, in the cans where he gets locked, the room where he gets locked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the dill pickles and that. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a whole theory behind that. And well, the, like what, the like way it the spells shape, out something. Yeah, something. it's 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 really fascinating about all of that. So right. it's definitely worth watching. But there's also things that it, where it was like, oh, there's a chair in this scene, and then it, and then it's when it cuts back, it's not. It's like yeah, it's just the continuity error that you messed yeah. up there. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't well, say anything. Yeah, the, the, the theory behind <laughs> the theory behind that was it was because in the conversation, it's just like now that chair's empty because their relationship's empty. Nah, and messed up. <laughs> Someone got fired. Well, yeah, this, this is this is what a lot someone of, got made and contributed yeah. towards the blood. This is what a lot of people say about the the film itself. Or was it just continuity? Was he just a lazy filmmaker? And obviously, he's he's when people with, love. I mean, him. with hundreds of takes, that's just you're filmmaking. Bound to get though, yeah, up yeah. When you shoot for six months, one scene, yeah. of course that lamp's gonna move. <laughs> he's probably knocked it down in like take forty-seven, and they couldn't replace it until take eighty-two. And the reason there's another typewriter because he smashed it over one of the actors' head. Yeah. Does does do monotonous it. genius contribute towards a great film? I think with The Shining, probably not. Because if, if he was this meticulous about everything, in my opinion, it's just, it's pretty good. Hmm. Oh, you mean because he was this Well, meticulous. you know, people are saying, oh, he's, he's such a genius. And the genius, in my eyes, doesn't contribute towards a much better film. All right, yeah. So you don't have to, man, Stan. <laughs> I mean, well, I, d- I, mean so I, d- I didn't like 2001, but I'll probably watch it again at some point when, you know, I want to be bored and go to sleep. <laughs> um, but I have watched Full Metal Jacket. That's good. And that... That's got a different tone to it. It just, it's just a, it's just a good movie. Yeah. It, I don't feel like it has, maybe if I, if I went in a deal with it, I don't think it has like Kubrick-esque, like over the top pretentious filmmaking in it it's just a it's just a good story yeah um i think dr strange love haven't that's no, that. that's not as bad either as well in terms of the things you don't like about these films <laughs> oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah put that plus there, right? <laughs> <laughs> well maybe we'll watch that at some point it's on netflix like it's been on my watch list for like yeah. what three years <laughs> I've, I've got a list of like facts in front of us and the amount of takes he did with everything's unreal oh, really? so it apparently 127 takes to do the this uh, where she's swinging the bat. Steady cam out where it did say it was only 30. Um, and then oh, there's what there's one shot, sorry, uh, what I really like. Do you know when he's he's hitting the door down with yeah. the axe? Uh, that you see the camera moves with him, so the camera's yeah, moves I like with that. the axe. I really that enjoyed that. Good, there yeah. you go, you just got it right in front of you. Yeah, you can't it's, see it on the because yeah. that was a choice there. You could have just had this steel camera, uh. But I liked how it, the camera is yeah. focused on the axe and it's just following it. Yeah, I like that. Cool. I, I reckon we could actually talk about this for another hour, uh, or even longer, because I think it is just such a fascinating film, and I didn't think I liked it or um, as much I think, as I think it's a film that stays with you rather than um, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't scared at the time, but I've definitely it definitely leaves you with a feeling. Yeah, there's definitely something about it. Um, I, I, think the I reserved theory- my opinion until the podcast because. I knew that after we spoke about it, my opinion would change. Mm-hmm. So I 
That doesn't actually change. It's still just good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would you would still watch it again, and you would probably still tell people to watch it. Yeah, um, it's definitely it's de- it not not the, like the average movie go on. Not you know not the person who goes and watches a. Uh, the Fast and Furious, but a, a, a movie lover should definitely yeah, go see it, and, and if, certainly a filmmaker. And if you like dissecting films, this is you can go on for days with this one. Yeah, about the theories. Yeah. So this has been part one of the Shining <laughs> yeah, podcast. Uh, this is an eight-part series. We're, we're going to do the uh, the TV show next, um, and then we're, we're going to read the book um, live. We're going to do a, a three-part uh, audio book. I'll play Jack. No, he's got more lines. Screw that. He <laughs> <laughs> probably doesn't. Um, so, yeah. Um, should, we, should we wrap up the segment? We usually say, you know, um, that we've got a film next week, but we, 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 we ended we up just watching this. Christian came back up to Sunderland. We were like, all right, let's get the shine and watch because we all want to watch it. And we don't know when next week will be, so we'll, exactly. figure, we'll figure that out. And when we do, we'll make a make another episode. Can we watch something a little bit happier next time? Yeah, we'll do something a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah, okay, that's good. Because the last couple of films I've watched have been like really like down. <laughs> like really, really bad. Um, that sounded a bit like his little finger thing there, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's really, really bad. Um, I definitely think we should visit uh, another Kubrick film uh, just to keep it going. I think Doctor Strange Love should be the next Kubrick film we watch. Okay. Because uh, it's on Netflix. So that means that Christian won't do illegal, dirty things. Oh, I don't believe it. See, you would watch the same version as us. I've got the Blu-ray connection, uh, which oh, I was going to apparently watch. Apparently you can't trust Blu-rays anymore. No, no. I was going to watch them over Christmas, but I, I don't think I can put myself through. Because uh, they talk about um, one of these other ones, Barry Layden. Barry Layden. Lay- Lay- it's yeah. like three hours long, and apparently That's, it's the boringest film I haven't, ever. I haven't managed. To, I've got through them all except that one. I yeah. haven't done it. Eyes, I like Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. It's got Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman in it. Was that his last film? That was his last film before he I died, I think. That. He was yeah. going to do a film about Napoleon and he's just got hours and hours of research about it. Actually, with this film, uh, he sent three researchers to the actual location um, and for three months to get the local history of the entire nice. area. Like, uh, you're talking everything from all of time. <laughs> since the start of... T- yeah, since yeah, history the, began. They were there three months. Just researching. That's he's, he was very meticulous, like, wasn't he, so... Yeah, and you know what? I don't think he doesn't contribute good. towards a much better film. <laughs> I don't think he you had know, any friends though, did he? Diminishing returns, that's what it was, Stanley. Yeah, that's true. Um okay, let's let's wrap it up there. And uh, thank you for listening.